Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, and whether you call Collective your church home or you are just checking us out, we hope you are encouraged and inspired to take the next step in your journey toward the grace and truth of Jesus. For more information about Collective, you can visit us online at mycollective.church or follow us on social media at mycollectivechurch. Now, let's get into today's message. Have you ever had one of those moments where you knew that you needed to be bold? Right, like you knew you needed to take a risk and because of that, your heart was pounding, your palms were sweaty and that feeling, that pit of your stomach feeling was present. This has never been more real for me than the day that I proposed to my wife, Ray. We were in college and I knew that she was the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. So I decided that I was gonna ask her while we were in Paris on a school trip. And the trip started in Atlanta at the airport. And as we made our way through all the security checkpoints, I actually had the ring in my pocket and I like slid it onto the belt to get by so that she didn't see it. But also I was so afraid to lose it. So I snuck it through the x-ray without her noticing and put it in my pocket for the long flight from Atlanta to Germany. And each day leading up to the proposal, my nerves got more and more intense. On the afternoon of June 3rd, we were at the Louvre and my wife is an art teacher and a painter. We actually have her paint up on stage from time to time. And so this was a space that was unique and special to her and to us. And as we made our way through the Louvre, we eventually found a hall of paintings by a guy named David, who's a very famous neoclassical painter. It's one of Ray's favorites. And this was the moment. And so my heart was pounding and I swore that everyone in the museum could hear me. I was sweating, I was shaking. And I told Ray that I had actually taken a picture earlier that day that I wanted her to see. And as she scrolled through the pictures on my camera, she came upon one that said, will you marry me? And in the middle of the Louvre, I got down on one knee and I proposed and it felt like time stopped. It was one of the scariest moments of my life, but it was one of the best moments of my life. Today, we're finishing up a series on our core values called We Are Collective. And this whole series is about what makes us who we are. And so we talked about grace and endless second chances, that there's nothing you can do to make God love you more and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Because of Jesus, grace covers us. It's not about working our way to God. It's about turning away from our sin and trusting what Jesus did for you. Grace is for everybody. And we too, we talked about how we are rooted in truth, how we believe that the Bible isn't a book that exists to tell you what to do or to bind you to some set of rules. It's God's word that teaches us how to live life the way God wants us to experience it. And so Jesus is our savior, the one that came to rescue us, but scripture is our standard. In week three, we talked about how we say, come and see, and we invite people to experience what Jesus is doing in our lives. Because we believe that Jesus isn't just for this group on Sunday mornings, but for everyone. So we say, come and see my church. Come and see what a community of grace and truth looks like. We don't force it on people. We don't preach to people who don't want it. But to everyone, we say, come and see the man who is changing my life. Two weeks ago, we talked about our value of own your growth and how our faith is our responsibility. It's not our parents. It's not our friends, it's not even our pastors because we're ridiculously in charge of our faith and our next step. So Collective commits to creating opportunities for that to happen, for you to be in a community, for you to serve other people, for you to grow, but you have to take that step. 
And last week, we talked about the sauce that makes collective taste good, our value of you belong here. How we are real about our brokenness and real about what Jesus is doing in our lives. And that means it doesn't matter how broken you are or how messy you are or how sinful you are or how anything you are, you belong here. And we as a church are in this together. And today, we're closing out our series with our final value. And this is the value that pushes collective to take big risks. And it's called faith that's bold. What that means is that we believe that pursuing faith means being bold, taking risks, and watching God move. Hebrews 11 actually explains what faith is. It says this, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It's probably one of the best definitions of faith in the entire Bible. Another way to define faith is complete trust in something, even when you can't always see it. Even though you don't always know if it's there. And as a church, that is the type of faith that we want. We want to have complete trust in God that will lead us to being bold and taking risks. And we do that so that we can see God moving in our lives, in our relationships, in this church. Now, this all sounds good, right? Like, we want to be bold. We want to be bold people. We want to be brave people. But we don't really want to take risks. And typically, our culture talks about risk one way, how to minimize it, right? How to avoid it, how to get what you want without sacrificing too much. And we hear this all the time. And what happens is that this mindset starts to creep into impact every part of our life. And we begin to live these risk-averse lifestyles. What happens when we do that is we actually miss out on the benefits of risk that God wants us to experience, not just when it comes to life, but in our faith. But what is true for everybody here is that the life you truly want is located on the other side of risk. The life you truly want to experience, the freedom that God offers you is on the other side of a risk. It's in a relationship, in your career, in your financial position, in the freedom that you're hoping for from your addiction or just from pain in life, or maybe it's even the family that you want. The goals that God has put inside you lay on the other side of risk. So today as we talk about this, whether you are a collective attender who wants to grow their faith or a skeptical friend who begrudgingly and randomly accepted the invite, or maybe you're someone who's burned out beat down and took everything in you just to come here today, I believe and I hope that this conversation will be beneficial for you because the life you want to experience is on the other side of risk and the only way you will get there is if you're bold. And to jump into this, I wanna look at a book of the Bible called Second Kings. And when I read a story that has shaped the culture of this church since before we ever launched. Now, I know that some of you will hear me say, we're gonna be in Second Kings and you begin to think, I don't know anything about 2 Kings. I don't know where that is, and I don't know what that is, and that's okay. I just want to pause to tell you that this church was created for people who knew nothing about 2 Kings, right? This church was made for and filled with people who knew nothing about this book of the Bible. They knew nothing about the fact that God's word sets them free, that it's relevant, that it's helpful, that it points to the grace and truth of Jesus. So if you don't know anything about 2 Kings, welcome home. You're surrounded by a lot of other people who are wondering the same thing today, but that's the book of the Bible that we're gonna be in today. So here's some of the context for 2 Kings in the story that we're gonna read today. There are three kings, the king of Israel, Judah, and Edom. And they've actually all united for a battle against the king of Moab. The king of Moab has revolted against them, revolted against God. And so there's gonna be a war. 
But before they ever get into battle, something happens where they need God to act. And that's where we pick it up in 2 Kings 3. All, the, all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days, but there was no water for the men or their animals. Right, so they're traveling to battle and they run out of water and the wilderness that they're in is unforgiving and the creek beds are dry. And so reality begins, begins to set in with these kings that they're not even gonna make it there. Right before they ever get to this fight, before they ever get to this battle, they'll die. What should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought, a, brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. Now, let me just pause here for a quick moment. How real is it that as soon as they run into trouble, they begin to believe that God isn't with them, right? They set out on this journey confident in God and his promise to deliver them against their common enemy. But as soon as things get tough, they begin to doubt God. They lose faith. Here's one thing I know to be true. The need to be bold often comes when we hit a wall, a spiritual wall, a marital wall, a relational wall. Because when things are going well, it's easy to take risks because failing doesn't hurt as much. When your marriage is firing on all cylinders, you're going on dates regularly, you haven't fought in months, it's so much easier to be vulnerable with your spouse. When your career is moving in the direction you want it to, you just got the promotion, you got the raise, you got the contract renewed, it's so much easier to sit down with your boss and ask, what's next? In your faith, and we see this all the time at Collective, you come to church and you hear you belong here and it speaks to you, so you decide to come back. You begin to read your Bible more. You begin to trust God more. You can see God moving in your relationships. You're removing the walls that you've put up. You decide to live in his grace and shame starts to leave your life. Some of you have even taken the step to get baptized because it's so much easier to take another step in faith when things are going well. But what happens when things get tough? When the intimacy in your marriage is gone and you just aren't connecting? When your career is at a stall and you aren't sure you're in the right field? When you show up week after week, but you don't feel God moving in the way that you need him to? Do you blame God? Do you believe that God has abandoned you? And that's exactly how the king of Israel felt. When the journey started, he knew that God was on his side, but then things get tough and he cries out, God did this, he wants us to die. But the story continues. But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Now, a prophet is just someone who speaks on behalf of God. So God communicates to them, and they kind of bring that word to a group of other people. But King Joram of Israel said, no, for it was the Lord who called us three kings here only to be defeated by the king of Moab. So again, they kind of have this solution, like, let's go to God and see what God says. But then King Joram's like, no, this is all God's fault. He wants us to die. Why isn't he doing anything? And so while King Joram is having a bit of a breakdown, this is what happens. The hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he said, this is what the Lord says, make this valley full of ditches. For this is what the Lord says, you will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water and you, your cattle and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also deliver Moab into your hands. And so God, through Elijah, says, make this valley full of ditches. 
And just so you know, like, you, you know this isn't what the kings wanted to hear, right? Like, they wanted a shortcut. They, they wanted Elijah to be like, uh, there, dig, just do this thing, and water would come up, or even just give them water miraculously. But Elisha tells them, dig ditches throughout this valley. And this is hard. They don't have Home Depot down the road. They don't have backhoes. They probably didn't even have the right tools to dig. But Elisha says, dig ditches. Have you ever had to dig an actual ditch? Or if you're like putting in a fence, have you ever actually had to dig a fence post hole? It is not easy. Throughout high school, I worked for my dad, who was a handyman, and most of the time it was finish work. So we would do like painting and caulking, grouting tile, like nothing big or glamorous. One afternoon, we were at the house of one of his regular clients in Great Falls, Virginia, and I loved working for this couple because they had a huge house and they had a pool. And so the wife loved when I was there because she would always feed me and give me lemonade and turn on the big screen TV, and I would work, but really, I would just swim. And so this, one of the afternoons we got to their house and I asked my dad what we were going to do, hoping he would say, well, we got some little things and I'd be like, swimming time. But he told me that we're digging holes. And I thought he was messing with me. And in fact, I thought it was like a punishment for the last time I was there, but he wasn't. We were putting up a fence and we had to dig 20 holes that were 24 inches deep and 12 inches wide. It is one of the hardest grounds in Virginia and Maryland to dig in. And it was hard work. I was drenched in sweat, my hands had blisters, my arms were sore, my legs were tired. And I remember getting in my dad's truck to drive home that day and I was completely exhausted. So here's what God is teaching us through this story. Sometimes in order for God to do something easy for him, we have to do something hard. In order for God to do something easy for him, we have to do something that's hard. We have to take a risk. We have to be bold. And I understand that kind of sounds backwards, right? God is God and I'm just a human. God can do whatever he wants. In fact, I can give you Bible verses that tell us that God can do whatever he wants regardless of what we do. Psalm 115 says, our God is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. Job 23, but once he has made his decision, who can change his mind? Whatever he wants to do, he does. Psalm 135, the Lord does whatever pleases him throughout all heaven and earth and on the seas and in their depths. God does whatever he pleases. But for some reason, we read in the Bible time and time and time and time again that he's decided to do certain things only when we do certain things, only when we step out on faith. We actually talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago because Acts 2 says, repent and be baptized, then you'll be forgiven. Acts 3 says, repent and turn to God and your sins will be forgiven. Romans 6 says, join with Jesus in baptism, then receive new life. So the question that you need to wrestle with is, will you do your hard work before God does his easy work. Because the truth is, this is where faith starts. This is where good faith, where bold faith begins. Are you willing to dig a ditch before you see the first cloud of rain? Because only God can actually bring the rain, only God can actually bring that water, but he wants us to dig. God wants us to move, he wants you to move. In order for God to do something that is easy for him, you often have to do something that's hard for you. So do you have the faith to dig ditches trusting that God will come through? Because when you do, this is what happens. The next day, at about the time when the morning sacrifice was offered, water suddenly appeared. It was flowing from the direction of Edom and soon there was water everywhere. In order for God to do something that was easy for him, you often have to do something that's hard for you. And this has been one of the truest things about collective. 
We've seen this from the beginning and it's been absolutely incredible. Throughout the past two plus years that we've been doing ministry in Frederick, God has been asking us to dig ditches. And when we have trusted him, when we've taken risks and when we've been bold, God has absolutely blown us away. Before Collective was Collective, we were the Frederick Project and there were eight of us in a living room on 4th Street. And we didn't know anyone and we didn't even really know what to do but we felt that God was telling us to start a small group and invite people that we had met to be a part of it. In the fall of 2016, a whole year before Collective had Sunday morning services, 14 people, mostly strangers, got together to have dinner and talk about Jesus. And the next week, for some reason, we still don't know, they came back. Eventually, two of them would put their faith in Jesus and be baptized in this church. And now Collective has eight small groups with over 100 people attending on a weekly basis. God asked us to take a risk and dig a ditch of community and then God did what was easy for him. The spring before Collective launched, we felt like God was calling us to start serving in the community, to really be a part of this city. And the first local engagement event we ever did was the Frederick Rescue Mission 10-miler. We had a meeting and they asked us how many people we could bring and we told them 20. We only knew about 15 people at the time. And so we prayed that God would bring people and that day we had 30 people show up to serve at this event. But what's even more amazing is that we actually met this guy named Mike Greenberg, which many of you know, and Mike started coming to our pre-launch meetings. Then Mike said, come and see to his friends Jake and Danielle, and Danielle Sexton is now on staff at Collective. But that's not even the best part. Two weeks ago, we baptized Kristen on this stage, and it was because of Jake inviting his family who invited Kristen that we got to experience that. God asked us to take a risk by digging a ditch and serving this community. And through, through that, we've seen people come to this church and find faith in him. We had the opportunity to collect 30,000 pounds of food for insecure families. And that seems huge to us, but they were easy for God. In the summer of 2018, I was teaching on baptism as part of our root series. And that day we knew we had four people who were gonna take that step and publicly put their faith in Jesus. But at 10 a.m., I grabbed our summer intern and said, I need you to go to Target and buy shorts for guys and girls size small through XL because we're gonna give people an opportunity to make the decision that day. We had never done this before. This is not something we've done since. But that day we celebrated as not four, but nine people were baptized. And God asked us to take a risk by digging a ditch of obedience and it was one of the best Sundays we've ever had. And I can keep going. When we were four months old, we had to make a decision about Christmas Eve services. At that time, Collective was a church of around 140 people, but we felt like God was asking us to dig a ditch and have two Christmas Eve services, which truthfully made no sense because we had plenty of room here in this gym. But we took a risk and had two services and over 300 people showed up to hear about how Jesus' birth changed the world forever. This year, we're doing it again. We're having three services. We could do two, but we feel like God is pushing us to dig a ditch and have a third, so that's what we're doing. Last fall, we had a second service when we really didn't have to, right? One, we had one service, it was booming, it was great. It felt really good on Sundays to have this place really full. But we felt like God was saying, add more seats. And so we added a second service. And over the last year, we've watched this collective has grown by over 100 people and those seats are full of both services. We took a risk and decided to have church in a grocery store parking lot in order to feed food insecure people in our county this summer. And over 340 people came out and purchased over 6,000 pounds of food. Now, some of you, some of you took a risk on this church. You were burned by the church. 
You were searching for something that was missing in your life. You were looking for a community of people so you didn't have to go through life alone. And you took a risk on a young pastor who had never preached more than two sermons in a row. Surprise. (laughs) In the beginning, you could totally tell. (laughs) But you took a risk on a church that was portable. You took a risk on a church plant. And I've watched over the past two years as your boldness has led you to faith that's growing in major areas of your life. My hope is that you've seen the same thing. And listen, I know this sounds like I'm bragging about collective, and in a way I am, but I'm not bragging about what we have done. I'm bragging about what we've seen God do. The truth is God can do all of this without us, but he lets us play a part. He lets us dig ditches. It sometimes takes our blood, sweat, and tears. It means we wake up early. It means we step out of our comfort zone. We give our energy and resources and emotions to other people. But when we do that, when we choose to have faith that is bold, God shows up and he has never let us down. Every time we have dug a ditch in this church, God has shown up in ways that we never could have imagined. We joke that every time we have an expectation, God always feels the need to double it and add just a little bit more to prove that he is God. And so we dig ditches believing that God will bring rain and he does. And because of that, as a church, we're gonna keep digging. And that leads us to the big announcement I've been teasing for the past few weeks. Here it is. Collective is officially starting to search for a 24 seven space that we can call home. We love West Frederick Middle School. We're gonna continue to love this school. We're gonna continue to serve here. Uh, We love meeting here. We love the teachers that are here. West Frederick will always be a place that we pour ourselves into. But we believe that God is asking us to take a risk. And so we're gonna be obedient to that. And our goal is to be in our own building by the end of 2020, if not sooner. Now, moving isn't the scary part. That ditch is easy to dig. Most of the people that serve here on Sunday morning know there is no setup or teardown in a space. They're very happy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, team in the back. But here's the bigger piece of this. In order for us to lease, we're not going to buy it. In order to us, for us to lease a 24-7 space, we have to raise $250,000 over the next 11 months. And this will be done so that we can afford the opportunity to build out a space to make sure it creates the best environments for collective kids, for worship, for connections. It will also cover the first year of rent Because what I want to do is I want to give us time as a church to grow into being generous. We did that when we launched Collective. I fundraised the first three years of this church so that we didn't feel the pressure of Sunday morning giving to be the thing that carried it. And we're going to try our best to do the same thing as we get into a space. And so next week, we're kicking off a four-week series called The Frederick That God Sees. And when you came in today, there were cards on your seat, and these are for you. They're a reminder for you that the next four weeks matter. And listen, I know that some of you have been in church and you've been a part of capital campaigns in your past and right now your palms are getting sweaty and your heart's beating and I get that. But my challenge to you is that you attend the next four weeks and if you don't feel compelled to be a part of it, don't. Also, if you're new to Collective, this series is gonna be a great opportunity for you to hear what we are all about and what we feel like God is doing in this church. You don't need to feel any pressure about that. Don't let our big risks scare you off. Lean in and learn what God is doing here. And so the next four weeks will be the most important four weeks this church has ever had. And to make it even better, we've actually planned something special each Sunday. 
We're gonna have the opportunity to serve families at West Frederick Middle School and families that use the Frederick Rescue Mission through our yearly tradition of collecting food for Thanksgiving meals. One of the days, if you were at grocery store buyout, we bought a donut truck out. We're bringing them back to celebrate this series with us. On one of the days, we're actually gonna hand out these sweet t-shirts. We're not gonna tell you what day though. You gotta just guess. Each week as well, we're gonna have people that go to this church who are gonna share stories about what God is doing in their lives. And so this series is gonna be amazing and you don't wanna miss it. And there's one more caveat to this. We will not be putting any of the sermons online. You need to be here. They will not be on podcasts and they will not be on YouTube. At some point, we'll add them later. But the thing is, we think it is so important that you are here in this community, hearing what God is doing and hearing what we believe God is asking us to do. And so it's so important that you guys are here the next few weeks. Now, I know that you'll have questions, but my request is that you wait to ask them because we're going to answer a lot of them in the Frederick that God sees. I'll also be attending each collective during the sermon series so that people can ask me whatever questions they want. So if you're not in a collective, you're not in one of our small groups yet, this is a great time to join. But here's one thing I'm very confident in. There are 250,000 people in our county and Collective is a church of 300. God is challenging us to open up more seats, to create more space for kids and challenging us to seek and save lost people. And we know that we can do that even better in our own space. And let me just say one more thing about this. Part of the reason why this is such a big risk for us is because we're a church plant and we're only two years old. It is unheard of for a church our age to be in the position we are in. Taking this risk will mean that we are no longer self-supporting because the cost of rent will be above our offerings and what they currently are. Taking this risk will mean that my staff has to work twice as hard to figure out how to go from portable to permanent while being portable. Taking this risk will mean that you all will be challenged to be generous or be more generous with your finances. It means that we're gonna challenge everyone in this church to invite their friends to come and see what Jesus is doing in their lives. It means we're gonna be challenging you to step up and be a part of this team. Every part of this is a risk. Every part of this requires that we dig ditches. But God's track record has been so good to this church, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna be bold. We're gonna do what we can do and see what God can do. And our hope and our prayer is that because of this, God brings so much rain that we don't even know what to do with it. That this allows us to donate tens of thousands of pounds of food. That we're able to celebrate hundreds of people putting their faith in Jesus and getting baptized. That we're able to see kids grow up into students who grow up into adults who have strong faith that eventually can change this world and fix this world. And the very best part of this is every time we think that God can do something, every time we feel challenged by God, He always does more. And I don't know about you, but I know that I wanna be a part of that in my life, in my church, and in my faith. Because there are 250,000 people in this county that need a church that says you belong here. There are 250,000 people in this county that need to know that endless second chances are real. There are 250,000 people in this county that need to hear, come and see about a guy named Jesus and what he's doing in my life and what he can do in your life as well. And so as a church, we believe that God can do so much more than what we can do. And because of that, we trust him. We have faith. And the way we show him that we trust him is by having this bold faith, by taking risks and digging ditches. If it means raising money, we'll do it. If it means growing the team through prayer and invitation, we'll do it. 
If it means each and every single one of us taking personal risks and reading our Bible more or being more present at church or taking some sort of next step, we'll do it. And our goal as a church is to have faith that's so bold that our heart is constantly pounding. Our palms are constantly sweating and that feeling in our stomach never goes away because we know that we're taking risks. And we know that what God is asking us to do is scary. It's nerve wracking. We have no idea what the outcome will be, but we will trust him and we will be bold. So let's dig a ditch and do what we can do and watch as God can do so much more in our lives, in this church and in our city. Let's pray. God, we are, um, we are thankful. I think ultimately we're humbled, God, by what you're doing in our lives. God, what you're doing in this church, what you're doing in our families and our marriages. God, we know that it's not because of anything that we do, but God, we have faith. We trust that you are there and we trust God that you're asking us to do this thing to dig a ditch. And God, it's so far out of our comfort zone. To be honest, it's terrifying. So much easier just to do church right here. But God, we know what you're asking us to do. And God, you've never let us down. God, in fact, you constantly amaze us by what you're doing in this church and in this city and the lives of the people here. God, we never would have imagined that we'd be in the place we were in. God, we never would have imagined that we'd see over 60 people get baptized in two years. God, it's so much easier for us just to rest on that, to be proud of that, to hold on to that. But God, we know that you're asking us for so much more. God, you're asking us for more in this church. But God, ultimately, you're asking us for so much more in our own personal faith. So God, I just pray that we're bold. I pray that we take risks. God, I pray that you do more than we ever imagined you could do God, that it's not just about people in this county, but it's about people that we love and know in this county that need you. And God, this can be a step toward watching them move closer to faith in you, to grace in you, to love in you. God, thank you for this. God, thank you for putting us in a place where we can make big risks. God, that where we can feel uncomfortable. God, I pray that you continue to do that in our lives and in this church every single day. We love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.